don't know about you, but I feel like the word sustainability is thrown into everything today. And rightfully so, I mean climate change is a thing and Americans tend to be a little consumer driven. Uh, I myself am guilty of this and it's definitely a habit I am trying to fix. But sustainability kind of seems like a broad, far-reaching statement that no one really knows what exactly it is or even how to do it. Hey Slay Nation, it's Heather, co-founder of So She Slays, and like you, I'm a little lost on actually how to practice sustainability, particularly how to actually practice it in the fashion industry. Well, I brought on Annie, director and founder of Simply Suzette, an online platform that bridges the gap between the denim industry and consumers through reliable and simplified information from behind the scenes. Basically, she teaches you how to be sustainable, and I had to bring her on so that she could teach us how to actually take sustainability from this broad statement and start practicing it in our everyday lives. Okay, so sustainable fashion in itself. I feel like people know about it and I think it's a thing that's definitely happening in the fashion industry, thankfully. Um, but what exactly does sustainable fashion mean? <laughs> Great question, because at this point in time, I have to say the word sustainable definitely, like you said, is apparent in the industry, but the word is so overused these days that it can mean literally anything. Right now, currently, I'd say a lot of the efforts are going towards reducing our water impact, so reducing the amount of water that's used in the dyeing processes, in the finishing process of clothes. Um, as well as trying to reduce the amount of harmful chemicals um, and switching to more um, greener chemistry. So using enzymes, for example, natural dyes. Um, there's also really cool dyes that are made from recycled clothes. So, you know, tackling waste, but also then going into another product. So there's really cool innovations like that out there right now. Um, but in terms of sustainable fashion, what, what does that really mean? It's really um, in the eye of the beholder at this point, but um, really what brands are trying to do is overall reduce their entire carbon footprint um, and trying to focus on kind of every step from fiber cultivation. So what fibers are they using? Um, what trims are they using? Are they using, you know, um, for example, rather than using a um, conventional leather back patch on a denim pair, there's also solutions out there that are using, for example, coconut that for buttons instead of using metal hardware like that. So it's really looking at every aspect um, that makes up a piece of clothing. So it's not just um, one aspect, tackling one aspect of it, it's tackling like a holistic approach to the gar to garment production. That's kind of what I would say sustainable fashion is, is taking that holistic approach rather just than just focusing on one area of the garment. Which is a good thing. I mean, I feel like uh, it kind of starts at the top, right? In, in trying to encompass this more sustainable a uh, brand it kind of starts with the brand itself and then you know trickles down people make smarter totally. decisions you know that kind of stuff happens but I think a lot of the times the consumer i.e me the audience uh we have no idea if what we're buying is actually contributing to the problem of unsustainable fashion or you know how do we how do we know really um it's a quick browse on a website honestly if 
if you're really interested in knowing whether you're purchasing something that was made with environmentally and socially um, conscious minded practices in mind, um, a quick browse that your website that might have a sustainability page on it will show you kind of what a brand is doing in order to make their products better, make their um, supply chains um, more sustainable, as well as making sure all the workers are taking care of it. So a lot of the times I don't want to say that brands that don't have a sustainability page on their website aren't doing good things, but if they're not shouting about it, it's more than likely that they're not doing much. And also I think what's important to see is if um, brands are also telling you where things are made and how they're made rather than just saying this is sustainable or this is eco-friendly. So it's really actually looking if, if they're if they're proving whether or not that product is actually sustainable. Um, but honestly, the number one thing that is, you know, con contributing like as a consumer contributing to the, the problem is our consumption habits. So we love to buy things. We love to shop. And I'm not, I'm not telling people to stop shopping because, you know, fashion is such a big part of our lives and a big part of entertainment, a big part of our personalities. It's such a huge thing. So, but my, my tips are always, for example, for me, like I I've kind of pared it down to a capsule wardrobe at this point, but I don't, I don't expect everyone to do that. Um, but I always say to go look for what you're, you know, if you really want like a new Louis bag, try and go find it vintage first or secondhand before you'd actually buy that um, new item. Also, the best thing we can do is honestly use things as long as possible. And that's, that's the biggest impact you can have is, you know, truly buying a garment you're going to wear and take care of for years to come, repairing that garment, you know, taking good like care of it, like in terms of cleaning and not, not overwashing it, not throwing it in the dryer. I like to say the dryer is the devil because it, it actually shortens really the lifespan explain. of clothes. So yeah. So basically when you throw something in the dryer, like all of the, the fibers are basically getting shedded in there. So picture like a shirt, a linen shirt, for example, like tumbling in the dryer, those fibers are getting roughed up and just like, uh, just messed up in there. And, and you know how you remove the lint, the lint from your dryer, yeah. those are all fibers basically coming off of your clothes. Oh, so wow. like, you can tell that they're wearing that, like, that's a direct example of like, you know, fibers coming off and kind of wearing down your clothing. But my number one tip is like making sure what you're buying, you're going to use it and you're going to love it forever. They say that um, extending the life of a garment by six months of like active wear reduces its carbon foot reduces its carbon footprint by almost like 30%. So it's pretty, wow. it's by just, you know, giving it a longer life is really one of the best things we can do in terms of shopping sustainably. It reduces it by 30%. Holy smokes. That's crazy. Um, so my next question then is you mentioned a capsule wardrobe. What is that? Basically, I have a few key items. Like I, I basically create a uniform for myself. So I'm a jeans and a tee kind of girl. So it's been easy for me, honestly. And I'm a pretty basic dresser. So I have, you know, my black, my white tee, my pair of straight leg jeans. Honestly, I'm a denim freak. So I have a lot of pairs of jeans from just collecting them over the years. Um, but um, I have like a white button down, a black button down. And then to mix up my wardrobe from there, I kind of add and throw in vintage pieces. So I have that base wardrobe that 
almost kind of like Parisian style, I'd say, like, you know, how they're so elegant and classy, just throwing like a t-shirt and jeans together. That's kind of the goal with my capsule wardrobe, I'd say, to look classy and elegant in the most simple way. But when you want to have fun with fashion, play it up, like go to a vintage or thrift, go to a vintage store or thrift store and, and buy that item that's going to like, you know, create, like fill that craving for fashion and buying something new. That's awesome. So how many outfits do you think you have in your capsule wardrobe? I'm honestly a lot. Um, I think I counted it one time, the combinations that you can do about 30 out different combinations you can do with just a few pieces. I probably like in my capsule, I probably have 10 pieces if you count them all together. So in those, there's about 30 and I'm sure there's honestly more than that. I've just haven't come up with them yet. <laughs> Um, so to kind of get back a little bit to sustainability and how we can take it down to the micro level, other than like not buying everything in the world that our eyes, you know, love, uh, and not putting things in the dryer, which I'm going to stop doing now that you said that, (laughs) um, (laughs) What are some other things that people can do every day to take it down to the micro level? On a fashion level, other than, you know, using what you have and um, taking good care. Those are always the two things I start with because I find that they're probably the most um, easy to maintain. Because if you try and chew something off really big, like, for example, you know, not allowing yourself to buy anything new for the year. That's a really big ask. Like there are all, there is no buy like September or like months like that, but that's a really big ask. And like, you're usually when you do something or try to do something really big, it doesn't stick. So I just try to take like micro steps. And like you said, getting down to the micro level. Um, So I guess my tips are other than, you know, keeping good care of your clothes. Um, I would start to implement um, repairing. So, you know, rather than buying another $40 pair of shoes from Zara, maybe going to your cobbler and getting the heel resold, for example. So I would start to try and implement that mentality and be like, okay, this shirt has a hole in it, but it's not over. I don't have to throw this out yet. Um, Really think about what you can do with that piece that you're about to get rid of, because a lot of textiles and garments do end up in the landfill, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, I would say keeping that in mind every day and just making sure that you're, ext- if not going to extend the life of it, then maybe you can pass it on to a friend or yeah, get it repaired. And that, and sometimes artful mending is really cool. And I don't know if you've seen any examples yet, but especially in denim, there are some really cool patchwork pieces going on. And especially with all of the upcycled clothing movements going and brands coming out, like um for example like even mother denim did an upcycled line um recently um but that's another great way to turn something um old into something new but one thing I would say there is to go to a seamstress and have them do it for you because oftentimes a lot of the um, upcycling home jobs don't turn out so well maybe and then the garment just goes to waste exactly (laughs) no I have done that quite a few times where it's like you think you know better and you're like oh I totally got this and then you're midway through it you're like I don't have this this is not how I I said this this was gonna go (laughs) I've been there many times (laughs) so uh, for someone who isn't involved in the fashion world obviously knows that we need to be creating a more sustainable world. Um, 
how big of an issue is the fashion industry when it comes to creating a sustainable world? Like how much is it hurting this goal of ours? Honestly, there are like, it's not, the fact has been debunked, but we used to be like the fashion industry in general used to be like positioned as the second most polluting industry besides um, like the oil industry. Um, but that that has proven to be not un untrue. But that being said, it's still very high up there. So we are contributing to the problem. You know, a lot of the manufacturing that happens overseas, there are not as stringent um, environmental protection policies as per se in Europe. So a lot of, for example, wastewater runoff goes into rivers without being treated at all. So it's just straight polluting the rivers. You can apparently, like, and I've never seen it myself, but apparently in China, there's a one river where you can literally tell what the next trend color is going to be because the river will be that color. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Crazy. So it's, it's, it's like, there's a, it's, it's pretty crazy. And it's not just water pollution that, you know, fashion is inherently agricultural as well. You know, we're using a lot of fibers that are grown. Um, so that's another, another reason why fashion has such a large impact, but also a really big opportunity to help the soils regenerate our soils and in turn like regenerate our earth um but in terms of the fashion industry in general contributing to the climate crisis we do have a large part in it because fashion is such a big part of our culture these days um a lot you know pretty much everyone is involved in in fashion whether or not you think you're just buying clothing for function you're still involved in in the industry and i think one thing consumers should realize is that they're part of this industry i i'd like to call it like a three-way dance between consumers governments and then the industry mm -hmm. i think we all really need to work together in order to to create that positive impact because fashion does have yeah fashion does have that opportunity to be good and like have a good impact on the planet and also the people in it but of course, everything we create has an impact. And as much as we are striving for carbon neutral products and also carbon positive products where they actually leave like a better, like leave the planet better than um, they found it, um, there's still an impact that comes with creating anything in terms of using energy. And although there is a lot of renewable energy coming forward in factories and whatnot, um, it's still not able to fully function on renewable energy. So across the globe, there's a lot of coal plants running um, what we're producing as well. So in general, there is still a lot of work to be done in fashion and consumers can definitely help by um, purchasing from the brands that are trying to do good rather than supporting the ones who aren't taking it as seriously. And the ones that aren't taking it seriously, I know a lot of us can refer to it as, um or I think the fashion world refers to it too as like fast fashion. So explain to us what exactly fast fashion is. So fast fashion is basically like exactly what it sounds like, but basically it was founded on the concept of turning product really quickly. So Zara is a great example where, you know, you see something on the runway and a week later it's on the Zara website. So it's that, and, and also one thing is there's products coming out literally every, every week with fast fashion, every day sometimes. Um, but like in general, you know, fashion used to have four seasons, you know, fall, fall, winter, summer, spring. Now with fast fashion, there are 52 micro seasons. So it's literally what? like creating just so much. Yeah, it's, it's literally insane. So it's, it's, 
they've really just sped up and tried to make um, the product development as efficient as possible, but also as, you know, as desirable as possible as well for the cheapest price. So we've gotten really accustomed to like these really cheap prices. Um, and so we're not really trained to spend the proper amount on how much a garment actually costs. And that's a lot of the times the um, feedback for sustainable brands get is that this is too expensive, but really it's just the fair cost of something. So we've gone so used to like seeing these bright new shiny items pop out every week for 10 bucks, 30 bucks here and there. And so we can, we're, we've been trained to just want more and more and more and, and, and crave more and more and more, but we need to really turn that back and try and think the opposite way and, and remember that sometimes this is kind of an example I give. If a $10, if a, if a t-shirt costs $10, do you really think the people on the other side were paid more than that or <laughs> to make that yeah, shirt? You're talking um, like pennies, and, right? And so, yeah, exactly. So it's really just about churning out new product constantly um, at a cheap price. I guess that goes back to the quality versus quantity kind of argument, right? And then starting to kind of go back to your statements before, as far as looking at your pieces as investments and not so much as consuming as much as possible. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, a lot of the times fashion lovers do actually really, you know, they care about what they're buying because they're into fashion. But a lot of us um, that might not be as in the fashion industry or in love with fashion so much don't really think about that they're just thinking about you know the next outfit they're gonna put on um, rather than this beautiful piece they, they've bought and want to cherish forever and like they love so much so yeah that's another thing yeah, yeah that's, that's um that's insane to me but it's just because I think I mean, I, I think to an everyday person, they don't even realize that their consumption is having such a huge impact on everything because they're like, oh, I'm just this one person, right? Because we're always thinking about yeah. just me, right? Um, but if there's a lot of you, there's a really big problem. <laughs> yeah. One thing I also like to say is the power of one, like the power of one is very real. And it's exactly like you're thinking, you know, if everyone's thinking, oh, it's just me, I'm going to you know, I'm going to buy this shirt, you know, for 10 bucks from Zara and wear it one time and throw it out. But I'm sure someone else is doing something good somewhere else. But if everyone thinks like that, we have a huge problem. But if, you know, yourself is like, okay, maybe I can actually invest like $30 in this organic cotton t-shirt and it's going to last me like three years rather than me just using this t-shirt once or twice. If we had everybody thinking like that, we'd be in a much better place. <laughs> right. Um, and I also too, I think, um, at least what I've noticed is that a lot of people are kind of going back to thrift stores. It's becoming, yeah. I think more popular than what it used to be. Uh, totally. and then I think a lot of people are also going back to like donating clothes that they don't wear anymore or swapping them out, um, there at the store, depending on what store it is. Some stores are cool like that. Um, yeah. I think for our viewers, let's just kind of encapsulate maybe three tips. We kind of talked about a lot, right? We, I kind of feel like we hit really big <laughs> subjects over here. And I, I really want the consumers, myself included, to one, know what they can do every day, but two, 
realize the impact that they have because yes, companies are taking care of it or they're trying to. Um, you did mention that there's government that is also trying to get involved in this aspect of things. Um, but consumers play a huge part too. So what are, what are some top three tips? And let's again, hit on how big of a role the consumer plays in this. Okay. So yeah, like we said, government obviously does have a big role to play, but governments act really slow. So us as the consumer has a huge, huge, um, say and really what happens because we we create the demand we're mm-hmm. the ones that say what is bought we're the ones that say what is made because we buy what we buy so really by making just little choices every day to maybe invest in the quality like we were saying rather than striving for quantity 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 that would be huge and hugely helpful for the industry as well to also create products for the demand that consumers that consumers want so if consumers are demanding for more sustainable products the brands are going to be offering more and more sustainable products so that's just that's just really the one thing i would say about how much influence consumers have over what is made because really if we didn't buy anything then brands would be out of business and they wouldn't know what to make. You know, we we're the ones that make the calls um, at the end of the day. So it's really, it's really exciting that we have all this power, (laughs) Uh, but, um, but yeah. And and then three tips, I would say just to wrap it up. I think there are three questions I always um, like to ask before buying something. It's just to, just to understand a bit more and have a relationship with the product are, you know, where was this product made? who made this product and also am I going to use this product for years to come I like to say five years I used to say 10 but I know that's a long time <laughs> um, so I like to say am I going to do I see this product in my like this product in my gar- in, in my closet for ten, like five years to come because that way then you really know you love the product and you're going to take care of it um, and also invest in it. So that's another thing. If you're investing more money into it, you're going to take better care of it at the end of the day. Um, it's just how, how we work. Um, exactly. second tip that might've been more than one tip and one tip, <laughs> but, okay. um, second tip, I would say <laughs> second tip, um, would definitely be to, um, just extend the life of the garment, like you said. So that's either, if you're done with it, then asking a friend if they want it. Um, then if, you know, if you can't find um, a store around you or, you know, don't want to sell it on Depop or, or apps like that, um, then I think the last case scenario is donating it. There are some kind of um, iffy parts to donation centers and whatnot too. So that's why I always say it's the Ooh, last resort. What do you so mean? What do you mean iffy parts to the donations? If you can't do anything with it, donate it. Um, oh, we could that's another rabbit that's a hole whole sure. other rabbit but a hole, lot huh? of the times what we donate doesn't actually make it into the hands of it just doesn't make it into the hands of the people that need it um it often ends up on the other side of the world sometimes and in resale markets um for example in africa but then a lot of the times that stuff can't be resold and ends up in the landfill overseas so oh my that's goodness a little, that's, that's a, a whole another like thing I did not yeah, even that's know that's another can of worms I know I shouldn't have brought it up sorry no <laughs> yeah no I think that 
we should talk about this not in this podcast but we because now I'm like super intrigued because I think everybody's just like oh if you don't need it just donate it no big deal yeah that's why I always say try if you like try. I always share my like things with my friends first because usually someone wants it I'm sh- like who, who doesn't love a new thing and I'm sure your friends have similar style to you or at least good taste or similar <laughs> taste um but yeah so uh, that's kind of my second tip I'd say and then thirdly um my last tip in terms of just making better everyday choices and um ingraining that mentality is training yourself to um actually save up for something you love rather than trying to find the dupe of it a lot of the times I find people you know you want that it item that's it right now but if you save up for really that it item, you are going to, again, like when you invest in something, you are going to take care of it longer. It's just the habit. It's just the way we are. So say those are my three tips. And, and again, I want them to be kind of, um, you know, not e- like easy tips, but again, but kind of easy to take on so that you're able to maintain them rather than trying to go for a huge concept. Like we spoke about like boycotting a certain brand, for example, Cause that is very hard and you oftentimes want to go against that. So yeah, just taking small steps at the end of the day is the best thing you can do. Oh my gosh. Agreed. And also too, I think people need to realize like if they're saying that sustainable fashion is too expensive for them to think about like go in your drawer, add up how many t-shirts that you bought for like $10. I bet you have like, enough t-shirts to add up to that one piece that you're trying to get um so I think it's just being wise about where you spend and how much you spend on things you don't necessarily need exactly that's yeah one thing that I'll just add in there is like what you just said cost per wear is also something that is that makes it easier to invest in something because if you're going to have something for a really long time and wear it you say 50 times and you divide the cost by 50 rather than one shirt you're going to buy and wear once usually the price is cheaper if you're investing and wearing it longer so exactly cost per wear is another thing to think about yes that's I mean I end up doing the cost per wear because I I don't lie I mean like (laughs) I look at things and I'm just like oh and I'm like wait a minute how long am I going to have this how many times am I going to probably wear this um and then you like divide it all up and you're like okay I could do this (laughs) exactly that's exactly what that's you've already got it (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh okay so um if people want to you know get more from you learn a little bit more I know you're kind of you're very in into this sustainable fashion world um so where can people get some more information follow you all that stuff you can definitely follow me at Simply Suzette on Instagram. That's simply and then S-U-Z-E-T-T-E. I love to talk about all things sustainable fashion, but also in a fun and creative way. Um, so I would love to have you over there. And then also I have a website that's www.simplysuzette.com as well, where I kind of expand on all of that information. Um, but there's lots to learn on there if you are curious. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining. No, thank you, Heather. It's been awesome to chat. And I'm so happy that we could um, talk about sustainable fashion. Yeah, me too.